0: Better never
1: rest. A county in the sky.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What a thrilling time to be alive. Welcome to the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Rusty Mansells, Palmer Toms. We're going to talk about Missouri, some of the things we saw in the Missouri games, hit on some specifics. We're going to dive into Ole Miss maybe talk a little recruiting. we got a lot to get to. Um, and uh, Palmer, before we get to any of it, I just want to go ahead and salute one of our partners real fast, GameTime. GameTime.co, one of the finest ticket apps you will find out there. I talked to about three people this weekend who I directed to GameTime to uh, work on you know, getting tickets for this past week's Georgia game. Stress free experience. Um, all three of them, uh, all three of those folks needed more than uh, more than just two tickets, so they were able to kind of cash in on that twenty dollars off with the promo code DAWGS Dogs. Um, but listen, this is this is such an intuitive app. It's uh, you get a a full view of exactly what things would look like from your seat. Uh, You get to look at it from map view. You can look at it from list view. It is a phenomenal app and you need to check it out. Download the app now and get $20 off of your first order. Terms apply with the promo code DAWGS. Or um, you can go to gametime, G-A-M-E-T-I-M-E dot C-O. Don't throw the M on the air. C M dot C-O and get your tickets. I mean, come on. Game time is awesome. We, we we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be you know uh, stuffing <clears throat> for them if they weren't that uh, the twenty dollars off will come in pretty handy
2: this weekend. Look at those prices.
1: Yeah, those some tickets uh, some tickets for this Ole Miss game, which will be at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, if you were over at Dogs HQ, you knew that last uh, Monday. Rusty Mansell told you. All right, let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about this game. All right, Georgia Missouri, Georgia wins 30-21. Um didn't get to be on the post game show Rusty, so I don't know what you said, man. I I've been kind of busy since then. Uh I hadn't didn't watch it, sorry. I I hadn't had a chance to watch it, but I cuz I knew I was going to get a chance to talk with you about it. Um just I don't know. What's what has stood out to you from any sort of highlight or or brief or pre- re-watching that you've uh, got to do with this game?
0: I think that we I think that we nailed it last week. Now, did we know what we were going to nail? We did not. But we knew Georgia was going to have a wrinkle. And we I couldn't wait to see what Georgia did on third down. Well, Georgia had a different wrinkle. Not only do they have a third down package, they had a first down package. And I think it's kind of a prelude to Georgia not showing this. They didn't show it all year. They haven't shown this yet. And it was probably purposely because of this offensive threat that Missouri was, this quarterback, these wide receivers. Also, knowing that the next three games, they were going to face quarterbacks that can hurt you uh, in the passing game. Receivers that are going to be, you know, things like this to to cover and man up. But Georgia comes out in a three-cornerback, basically, package. And then – they take Kamari Lasseter, who is their number one corner, and usually was on my right, Jackie usually plays field corner. Um, they take him and they put him in the slot for most of the better part, one on one with Luther Burden, and that was basically Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp saying, "Our guy is, we're we're confident in our guy versus your alpha, and for everything that that particular matchup." Kamari Lassiter more than held his own. And you talking about a game tape for NFL for Kamari Lassiter. Um, he, he, he made some money yesterday. Uh, now the majority of the throws were at Dalen Everett and that's okay. And we kind of, if you're going to do that, you got to know as a staff, that's where they're going to go. And they kept that back shoulder to, to, to Theo Weiss and uh, Weiss there. And Weiss, my goodness, from the Oklahoma transfer. And uh, but you saw Julian Humphrey insert into the lineup. So, we knew there was going to be a wrinkle. I didn't really know what they were going to do on third down uh, because Brady Cook, I'll tell you this. I said last night on the show, man, it, it Brady Cook, speed TV does it no justice because in person, that kid can freaking roll, man. I didn't realize he had that gear in him. And, you know, I, for you go back and look at that tape. He hurt Georgia three or four times on scrambles. But, man, it, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, that guy, can he can roll. And uh, that running back's good. That stretch play's tough to defend. Uh, and Georgia found a way to win that football game against a very talented Missouri. But an interesting, Jake, as you do X and O's and break this tape down, uh, I was interested in how Georgia Georgia did that play in the slot with Lasser. That was that was a new wrinkle that I wasn't anticipating. I kept thinking Tyke Smith was going to get the majority. We talked about that a little bit last week. Tyke Smith versus Burden, and Georgia said, "No, we'll, we'll put Malasser over there, and we'll, and- we'll see." How
2: and I had a little bit of a thought that if they were going to move away from Tyke Smith, because we all know that he's maybe not Georgia's quickest defensive back, I thought they might move to Malachi Stark, similar to what they did in uh, in twenty twenty one, matching up against Tennessee with uh, you know Latavius Brini coming out and Christopher Smith moving to that star slot, you know, slot defender position. So, you know, I was impressed with it too, uh, Rusty. Um, you know, just seeing. Kamari playing in a different spot. It was, you know, eye-opening at first. I was like, wait, what, what's going on here? Because three is not, you know, over by one of these sidelines.
0: And I'm on the sideline. I'm actually down on the field shooting photos. And I see six, 12, and three in on like second down. I'm going, wait a minute. And I can't get a message to y'all. There's no signal in there. That's my only complaint about being in the stadium. I'm like, wait a minute, what in the heck is going on? So when you see that different package, I thought, wait a minute, here comes the wrinkle, and I was waiting for third down, and the, the third down wrinkle, they showed it on first down. So interesting, but I think that's kind of – you kind of can take that package now and know how George is about to play Ole Miss and how George is about to play Tennessee in that passing game. And as we even talk about Georgia Tech and what they're doing offensively with Haynes King, they're throwing it all over the place. And uh, so Georgia, the month of November – Georgia's going to play, face quarterbacks that can drive the ball down the field in offensive packages. Uh, that's kind of going to be their answer, I think.
1: And you don't lose much at all in the run game with Tyke Smith over the star because he's such a physical player. I mean, there was some talk his freshman year I, I, I truly remember this, like right there at the end of preseason camp, it was maybe right before they went into their first game week after the second scrimmage. I, I'm pretty sure Kirby Smart told us, he was like, hey, guys, we got to figure out where Kamari is going to fit for us. He's going to be a full-time corner or are we going to play him at star? And that's how they thought about him. And so to see him come out and be a star cornerback and then also be able to fill in at that nickel spot, I mean, you've got you've got options galore on kind of how to solve teams and when you want to use them and the play tendencies. I mean, let's not pretend like Tyke Smith didn't play a crap load of snaps. All right, he had, he tied for the team leading tackles with seven. He had a, a massive sack. Uh, you know, he he was around the football. He played a lot of snaps. But Georgia's got this kind of almost this flexibility in. I mean, on defense, I mean, it really is. It's a versatility within the defense to do some things like like now you look at okay how's that gonna spill over to the dime package when Georgia goes with six right now Georgia can Georgia didn't even put three cornerbacks on the field in their dime package. Now they can put three on the field and nickel put three on the field and dime get Tyke Smith in there. You basically saw Tykey playing some nickel linebacker um I mean sorry some dime linebacker on third down. Where he was kind of lined up as kind of an off ball. I mean, it was, it's pretty wild the the possibilities that can come with that. I also thought it's pretty telling that, um, along with that, you saw these packages where Georgia on second down, second long, Jalen Walker would come in and rush the passer on, you know, they have, uh, uh, Michael Williams on one end of the line of scrimmage or they'd bring in Ty Ingram Dawkins to play inside and Georgia went a little bit lighter there too. Now, listen, it didn't always work. Um, but one thing I want to point to, is the fact that Missouri in the month of October averaged thirty-seven points a game and over five hundred yards a game? Um, Georgia held them to well, with under two touchdowns less than that, and uh, and and well under a over a hundred yards less than their you know average coming in. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk, and and Rusty, you and I were talking on the phone earlier. Cody Cody Schrader, Bowling Ball, he had a good game. They figured out something. It was almost weird though. The moment. Brady Cook stopped being able to scramble with the ball. Missouri figured out how to try to run the ball with Cody Schrader. It was almost like there was a give and take. And one thing I've got to say, and I'm going to say this now, Missouri just understands they have a way of playing Georgia. They have have a method of going about it, whether it's that outside zone stuff, Rusty, whether it's the stuff they do on the defensive line. They've just kind of got a way of playing Georgia well. And it, it it even even when Georgia blew them out in twenty twenty one, is the only team in the country to run for I know that Georgia hadn't played at all every team in the country these three, three straight years. Missouri's rushed for hundred yards on Georgia three straight years. Only team in the country to do that. Yeah. Um so that I mean, they've they've got something that kind of works against Georgia.
0: They got that outside zone figured out. I'm telling you right now, that is a bread and butter play. And Someone last night I trust told me that they have signs in their building and their offensive groups and their offensive meetings says, if you can't block this, you're, you're not going to be at Missouri. So uh, that's just what he – that's his bread and butter. That's his staple. And they got a running back right now. They can do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, it might change this week, but I think Missouri beats Tennessee. I think Missouri at home comes back. I mean, they're just they, – they're a tough football team, man. And I think I think uh, as of right now, I would take Missouri over Tennessee. I did not even looked at a line, but uh I, I would take Missouri <laughs> to, to beat Tennessee. Well, so long 100.
1: as they don't end up with that Florida, Arkansas get beat by Georgia twice in two weeks, you know. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of a thing, you know, with, with Georgia and Alabama kind of the way they play you and the way they're they're real physical with you. But um, you know, I had some people ask me, the Rusty, they're like, Hey, why don't why, why didn't everybody if, if it's so hard, you know, if it's such a effective way to go about it, why doesn't everybody run outside zone? It is a as somebody who is a grew up watching the Denver Broncos a lot, um, it is a mass execution. I'm talking about like you, you have to be able to execute it extremely, extremely. And, and not only that, you've got to have answers to a myriad of different ways that teams are going to try and d- defend against it. It's so, it's so demanding in terms of execution, it's hard for colleges to really perfect because you got the 20 hour rule. And it's 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 so hard that even NFL teams that run it will have basically the same five or six runs and little variations off of it and how to do it out of different formations because it's you've got to it's there's so much muscle memory involved and there's so much uh, that you've got to get figured out. I mean, I, I think Palmer Tom's ran it at uh, Montgomery Bell Academy or something like that, didn't you guys?
2: You guys no, outside I, zone.
0: Too?
1: We we
2: we ran a little bit of zone, but but not a ton. Um, you know, and with athletes like me, not, not great. Yeah. Um, Rusty, I'm, I'm seeing Tennessee one and a half as the uh, fan duel line. Um, and, and the thing that Tennessee I would be favored there, by one and a half, Tennessee favored by one and a half. Yep. Ooh. Um, Ooh. The thing, the thing that I would say with that is you've got a Tennessee team that still has a slight chance to win the East mm-hmm. and a Missouri team that is like you said, Jake, coming off of a, a you know emotionally taxing loss that knocks them out of contention for the division and um you know it, it's it's just it's a tough situation now that game being in Columbia I I'm like y'all I think I favor Missouri there um and, and talking to some people that are you know Tennessee fans from my neck of the woods they said man this this team is uh this team is is in real trouble next week they think Tennessee is in some trouble with a legit Missouri squad.
0: Yeah, Missouri, Missouri can Missouri at home is going to be it's going to be a handful. I'm sure we'll mention that later in the week, but I, I you know, just a, a quick glance on Sunday night after what I saw yesterday, I think I think this Missouri team. I don't know how they came out injury wise, but uh, man, they are they're a handful to deal with.
1: We also got some more news out of that game. Jamon Dumas-Johnson appears to have a forearm fracture. Um, I went back and watched that play. I thought it was a shoulder in real time. I knew he was hurt when he came off the field. Um, yeah. But, no, nah, man, he hit – you could see it plain as day. He made a nice tackle on Brady Cook, and you saw it hit right in the middle of that forearm, and it kind of jolted a little bit. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to have to have surgery. I don't know if he's – um If they're gonna cast it up, I re- I just have no idea. I do know that played high school ball with a guy who had a broken bone. There did not have surgery, but he still had to wear a long arm cast because they didn't want him pronating, supinating, all that stuff. So, I it's tough. I mean, long term prognosis. We just gonna go ahead and assume for now that he's gonna miss a couple games at least. So, what happens then, guys? Um, well, we saw Raylan Wilson play a lot. We've seen C.J. Allen play a lot. Of, and then we've also seen Jalen Walker. Georgia's got a little bit of a dilemma here, and this is why. and Sori didn't dress, um, so that we have to at least consider him kind of up in the air right now. Jalen Walker is so valuable to you on third down and in pass rush situations that you almost have to lean on the true freshman I guess the piece of good news here is that EJ Lightsey's back dressing out, and Rusty. We heard a lot of really good things about him this summer, and, and I mean this summer and spring. So maybe yep. there, but at the very least, you know, you've got to see uh, CJ Allen's a week healthier. Um, you know, I don't again, I don't know what's going to go on with Xavier and It's hard for me to sit there and think. Well, if he didn't he didn't dress out at all on Saturday, is he gonna, you know, is he gonna step right back what? in? I don't know, but
0: Georgia's got, got to figure it out. What Kirby say on it's him? The personal the reasons. Personal he reasons. He said personal reasons,
1: but I will say this: you know, if in the past, if a guy's had to deal with a death in the family or or a personal tragedy or something like that, Kirby usually will mention that, yeah, um, and be a little yeah. bit more specific. Uh, I don't know. This one kind of has a different feel to it.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I
1: but I don't want to really get into it because I don't speculate.
0: that's just something we'll get. But you, when you don't dress out. Um, yeah. I mean, that he wasn't even know, he wasn't even there. So my, I didn't see him anywhere. Uh, so that's something we'll look at this week, but it is, it is something to ask because, you know, my thought there was he would probably start this week and then you rotate in because he started a few games in small Monday and was, yep. was kind of coming back.
1: Yeah, right. Right. Uh,
0: you know, you're at the time of year, my quick thing on that, you're at the time of year where, you know, you're hundred percent saying, Hey, Jalen Walker is so valuable on third down, but you know, it's a time of year as well where it's going to be a lot cooler and these kids can play a lot more snaps. Yeah. Right. You can can play him on some first and second downs every other series maybe and say, look, we're your third down. Maybe use
1: Damon Wilson a little bit more on the edge.
0: Wilson can take a few reps. So every now and then, like now, now the weather is not an issue because of these kids or you know. Plus, Damon Wilson's playing more, and I tell you, man, he's a lit, he's a tad light in the pants, and that's expected right now. But I'm telling you right now, when it's third and long and he can pin his ears back, man, he's giving these, he's giving these tackles some issues because he's the one that pressured Cook into running up into Jalen Walker on that play. He made him flush him up in the pocket because he came around that tackle. And Jalen Walker was sitting there waiting on him. So that's an ideal situation for Georgia with uh with two young, you know, outside backers and, and those types of guys. So they'll come up with something, but they're gonna be some youth. There's definitely gonna be some youth at the uh at that at that spot um at inside linebacker this week.
2: And and to me with with Jalen and playing inside linebackers, it doesn't feel like we've ever really seen him as a true inside backer at all in these games because because of the value that he brings as a, uh, you know, pass rusher and, you know, uh, in that specialty role, Um, you know, Kirby has told us for ever and ever that Jalen is being developed as an inside linebacker and. Um, you know, last year he made the move to outside linebacker after Nolan's injury. Um, this year he has been with the inside guys, missed spring practice because of a, uh, torn labrum. Um, but you know, has, has been with the inside backers this year. Ha- we haven't seen him working with the outside guys, even the last couple of weeks when he's been in that role as, as such a prominent pass rusher for Georgia. Um, you know, whereas we're seeing Damon Wilson work as an outside linebacker. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, Jalen is a kid that that has done it all, um, you know, played outside backer in high school inside is, is probably not his, you know, natural position. He, he's just as big as a lot of these outside guys that Georgia has um, if not bigger. And so that's why it comes pretty easily for him to be, you know, just, subbed in and thrown in as, as a pass rusher. Um, It would be interesting to see because, you know, he was seen so highly and, and, you know, was one of the top linebackers in the country and has the potential to be a great inside linebacker. Um, This could be the opportunity that he needs, but you know, to me, I look more to those two freshmen, CJ Allen, who's been playing a lot all season long and Raylan Wilson, who got, you know, subbed in immediately there. So, Um, you know, I, I have a little bit of pause with, with Jalen Walker as an inside linebacker and the replacement for Jamon Dumas Johnson, uh, because I just, we, we haven't seen him play that spot even in,
1: you know, mop up duty. Oh, we've seen him play it in mop up duty quite a bit. I mean, he, he has some, he has some inside linebacker snaps this year. It's just. It's, it's tough to imagine them, like Rusty said. I mean, I think he's going to be one of the guys that helps pick up the slack, right? But it's, just, it's a by committee deal. You've got a you've got like, you know, when you count the number of snaps that you're probably going to have to give Smile Munden a blow, um, you've got yeah. about 80, 80, 85 snaps that you've got to try and pick up here with that group, as opposed to what Jamon Dumas Johnson around that snap distribution was probably more like 40 45. Now you've got to basically double that up.
0: And there's also, uh, I believe, one game This really affected Georgia, this new time clock, this new clock is cutting down the number of snaps. So you're cutting down the number of plays. I believe Georgia in one game has the lowest defensive snaps, and I think it was 44 in one game. So you start talking about kids that's going to play 44 snaps, there's a lot of guys that aren't playing because they're not getting into the game. Uh, and that's usually typical, not a thing, but I think Georgia has the lowest defensive snaps so far. I saw that last week. I think, can't remember what game it was. They only had 44 defensive snaps. I looked around yesterday and Georgia only had three offensive possessions in the first half, right? Until the very last one was their fourth one, correct? I think they had only um, three. I think they had that, four no, possessions. They had, they
1: had five. They
0: had five. five. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, they,
1: um, they had three straight punts. They had two straight scores and three straight punts in the first half. Okay.
0: Right. Georgia
1: yeah. on average is facing 62 defensive snaps a
2: game
0: as opposed to last no. year probably 70 75 you know last, what I mean
2: so, last year was what do you think doing the math here divided
1: by 15
0: 63 Damn,
2: man 63.0 63.
1: it's a little closer it's a, I mean but you know you got some game flow issues in there too i mean it's Mm-hmm. One of the things I'll point to, though, is, is all right, so you're playing Ole Miss. Ole Miss is expi- – you know, when we will get into this a little bit deeper, Ole Miss is kind of explosive. They like the, the year fast. before, they, they
2: played play a lot more snaps.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at all of that stuff, and, you know, maybe you see them slow it down just a little bit. But when you talk about playing 60 to 65 snaps a game, you're thinking Jamon Dumas Johnson is probably playing 35 to 40 of those for you. Um, and and you and then same thing for Smile Munden right around forty snaps. Well, you've got to take those twenty five snaps for Munden, and you got to take those you know forty something snaps for Dumas Johnson, and then that group it just has to spread it out. Now you got to figure it out. And you know, again, I'm wondering if if maybe you might see a little EJ Lightsey. I mean, they went as deep as Ryan Davis and, and some other guys last year after some injuries. Um, you know, and then you know found a way to trust those guys and, and play them more. I'm interested to see if they get there, but you know, listen, we know when it comes to talent, Georgia's got some dogs. They, they've got just some some really good football players at that position. they may maybe a little bit green, but C.J. Allen's not necessarily a freshman um, yeah. anymore. Speaking of dogs, bird dogs, we got bird dogs. Palmer's got a bird dogs hat on right now. We've got bird dogs apparel. And they're our partner, and they're awesome, man. Listen, I put my joggers on. I, I'll say that so Palmer doesn't make fun of me because I call them Joggers because I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce them because they're German. Anyway, um, let's call them joggers. I put my joggers on the other day because nice and cool. Man, let me tell you something. My wife was a big fan. She likes my Joggers, okay? She's like, I like the way those Joggers look on you. And I listen, well, I, we've been married for We've been married for eleven years. She ain't said nothing like that, maybe once or twice, Rusty. So, uh, the Yagers, man, we need to get you a pair of them. Um, you know,
0: That'd be a negative,
1: Rusty's got four kids already. He might have five. Uh, yeah. Bird dogs is awesome, man. We love bird dogs. Uh, the 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 fabric is top notch. Um, the the it's it's long lasting. It's it it flows. It is some of the most comfortable stuff you can ever own and uh they're our partner for a reason we absolutely love them as jake Roos that, says that's all the jake time, Rowe
2: modeling right there guys
1: yeah that, yeah no nah, I, I got more calf than that right there i got a uh, i got good calf game um bad knee game good calf game um there was some one of those dudes got some cue angles going on right there i think jerry uh, uh our man jerry hamilton go a little wild over that over the bow leggedness right there because uh <laughs> our evaluation guy. But anyway, anyway, okay. I like to get off the rails a little bit, but like Jake Roos says all the time, bird dogs is, he would, he would stump for bird dogs, whether they were a sponsor of ours or not. I have gotten to the same point. I've I see Palmer wearing his bird dogs all the time as well. Um, go check them out. Use promo code dogs, D-A-W-G-S at checkout. And you will get a hydro flask style water bottle um, with your purchase. And it is uh it is a cool little water bottle. Uh, So go check it out. Bird Dogs, best stuff out there. Let's chop some wood. And when I say chop some wood, let's have some dog stocks um, because I I, I get my wires crossed on that. And Palmer, um, you're normally more prepared than the rest of us. So you go first.
2: Yeah, I will, uh, you know, looking ahead to Ole Miss a little bit, you know, the stock is up on, um, you know, the Rebels and coming into this game and, You know, they took care of business, and it wasn't necessarily pretty. Um, But, uh, you know, Georgia's got to play its best football. And and I think that, um, you know, stock up on on Georgia's schedule for the whole season because for as much, you know, crap as it caught early on, uh, you know, coming out of last week, they had the sixth toughest remaining schedule with Missouri factored in there, Ole Miss, Tennessee – and then Georgia Tech there at the end, um, so those four games, six toughest remaining in the country. Uh, Ole Miss has you know held up its end of the bargain here uh, to make this a, a big game. I, I've got some high school buddies that told me um, you know a couple weeks ago when, when Georgia was back in Nashville for that Vanderbilt game, they said, "Hey, you know ma- maybe we'll come to maybe we'll come to Athens for that game," but. You know, George, Ole Miss has got to do their part. They got they got to you know keep winning, and and we'll see if that happens. That has happened, and and man, we've got an exciting one on Saturday, seven o'clock, ESPN. Um, I, I would expect a great, great, great crowd on hand for Senior Day. Uh, you know, potentially you know, the last time a lot of these guys are going to be taking the field between the hedges, um, and, and again, a, a top ten matchup that could. Uh, clinch the East for Georgia. Um, so they they, they might have clinched already if Tennessee has lost to Missouri. Um, but uh, you know, a win on Saturday certainly seals the deal for the Bulldogs. So stock up on Georgia's schedule and, and Ole Miss. You know, continuing to hold up their end of the bargain on uh, you know, increasing that that strength of schedule for the Bulldogs.
1: I want to touch on this question here real quick about Dalen Everett. Um, y'all, Dalen Everett got beat deep Saturday by one of the best players in college football. Um, Luther Burden's gonna do that to guys on Sunday at some point. He's gonna do it to more people this year. Um, I went back and watched that game, and you know what's crazy? And I listen, I am not trying to take anything away from Julian Humphrey, who I thought responded extremely well. To get into play a lot more on Saturday, you know the difference between the two back shoulder balls that they threw at Julian Humphrey that fell incomplete and the two that they threw to Dalen Everett is the biggest difference, Rusty. The the ones that they threw at Dalen Everett were right on the money, and the ones that they threw to Julian Humphrey weren't as catchable. That's what that's. I mean, that's that's how this game is played. And Dalen Everett has given up some stuff this year, but coming into yesterday's game. He was allowing 50% of his targets to be completed for just a little over four yards per attempt. Um, his struggles have been magnified coming into this coming in um, because of the fact that he plays on the opposite side of Kamari Laster. But make no mistake about him, I mean, Dalen Everett got beat on Saturday. Granted, they picked on him. Played against some really good players, too. You know, so stuff's going to happen. You're going to get got in the SEC unless your name's DeAndre Baker.
0: They're, they're go- their teams are going to throw at Dalen Everett. And they're going to throw a Julian Humphrey. They're not going to take their chances with Kamari last year. They watch tape. You know, so that that's Georgia knows that. They I understand that. That's what's going to happen. I guarantee you right now that LSU, I mean, Ole Miss, is going to go after Dalen Everett. He knows that all week. He's going to have a great opportunity to make some plays. And um, you know, a couple of those back shoulder throws that they made, especially late in the game yesterday. Those things were, like you said, I mean, those are perfect throws. Hard to defend. I watched Jake Fromm and Javon Williams do that to about ten teams in a row. It seemed like that one year, uh, Jake Fromm would throw that thing on that back shoulder, and Williams would just J.J. Holloman too. hey Holloman would just sit there and grab that ball, and man, that was it was almost undefendable with the, with guys with those long catch radiuses. So, you know, it, it it's just one of those things you got prepared for. It's a week to week battle, and uh, but but I think that uh, George is going to be. I think George is going to make some plays there. I, I, I'll go ahead and get my stock up real quick. Uh, or, at what we're, we're doing here with dog stocks and uh one quick note I'm not going like i know anything about it but the girls soccer team at georgia won their first ever SEC championship today beat arkansas and that's certainly worthy of mention and that's a big deal for that program i saw you know all the georgia some georgia players some georgia football all those guys retweeting that and congratulating them so to so those young those ladies congratulations and uh that's a big deal for for that program um i'm gonna say this in kind of a uh, A stock up challenge here, Uh, and I don't think it's going to be an issue. But Jake, you and I talked about it today. That crowd yesterday in in Athens was kind of, kind of, kind of. mm, You know what I mean? They got up a couple of times, but I kind of felt it in pregame because I'm I'm where the recruits are coming out. That's where we take pictures in the student section. You know, they were they were sitting down the whole time. You know, they were there early. You know, and I get it, but. I've been over there when you can't even talk to somebody an hour before the game because number one the music is so loud, but number two the student section's right there, and not blaming it all on the students, it, it, the entire stadium. You know, if I had to give a grade yesterday, it's probably a B minus to me. Uh, but I will say this: it's going yeah, it to be a goodness. night. Game. It's going to be a night game. Um, there's going to be a uh, how do I say this? There's going to be a lot of uh, aluminum recycling done in the parking lot uh, all day Saturday. Supposed to be a nice day, so I expect the Georgia crowd to bring their A game, and uh, this is this is another time. This is the last – crazy time. this is the last home game of 2023 for Georgia. You know, you see these guys. Cedric Van Pran's already announced he's going to do senior day. Uh, you know, there's a lot of football players that, uh, you know, just played a lot of games for Georgia. This is the last time that Brock Bowers is going to walk on that field with a jersey on. And, and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's that's enough to uh, – that, that guy and what he's done for University of Georgia, the games he's played in that building, um, I don't think they're going to special recognize him by any way. Maybe they will. I don't know. But uh, unless something crazy happens, this is the last time that dude will ever come out of that tunnel uh, with a jersey on. Is he with, wearing pads? Yeah, if he's wearing the pads, whatever. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying he had a jersey on yesterday on the sidelines, you know, so – uh this, this guy you know not just about brock bowers but that that's kind of how much this moment means to these guys this team and you know you start talking about what if tennessee loses and they already know they clinch the east it doesn't matter because george is not just playing for the east you know what i mean that's a that's a good deal to have that off your shoulder and i'm sure that that'll be mentioned but you know they're trying to play 15 games this team they're trying to be a three-peat so I don't think any – if Tennessee were to lose and Georgia clinches this thing before they walk on the field, I don't have – I don't think that's going to have any impact on this game because, um, you know, LSU still got a small outside chance of this deal with, with Alabama in this game. So, um, you know, I just think that you look at this um, Saturday. I think Georgia crowd is going to bring their A game, but they need to.
1: All right, I'm going to go stock down on the end of an era. Um, since 2015, um, I've had, I've got the pleasure of covering Georgia football full time. Uh, I'm not leaving by the way. I'm just, uh, just so y'all know. I know where this leave. is going. Yeah. Um, Saturday will be the last time I get to sit at the 45 yard line with one of the best seats in the house in this country. Uh, open air press box. Um, the finest press box in the land, just in terms of where you get to see the game from. Um. Georgia Tech, honestly, is the only other one that rivals it because you're just closer to the field. But Stanford Stadium is perfect and has been for a long time for media. They're going to uh, – folks with uh, folks that contribute more money to the program than I ever have are going to end up getting those seats. Uh, they're going to end up getting a nice little, you know, luxury boxes or whatever there. They're going to move us to the corner of the end zone. They're going to put baby in a corner. And uh, that's going to be us. Um, but anyway, I'm going to miss it. I'm gonna miss it. I was thinking about it on Saturday, Palmer. Right around the middle of the fourth quarter, I'm like, "Man, I ain't got much more of this." And as 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 nope. a young kid who started coming to Georgia games in 1995, and I've watched them from all over the stadium, that'll always be my favorite seat. Is right there at that oh, spot, and I'll never be there again. I'll never oh. be there again. But um, it'll be. It was a lot of fun covering as many games as I did from right there. That was actually uh,
0: that. That'd be the last. 330 cbs game as well ever yeah that
1: yeah absolutely yeah 100 yeah. uh yeah. also uh stock up on thomas edison and the incandescent light bulb um mm-hmm. i don't even know if he invented that i know he invented the light bulb because is gonna get planted lights and uh boys it's daylight savings time we're all about to experience that i feel like it's like ten thirty right now um but uh do y'all understand that the sun will have been down for a couple of hours almost by the time kickoff comes? I mean, there's gonna be some nighttime tailgating. Um, you know, plug, you know, hug, plug them up at the at the generator at the uh, plug up to the generator at the tailgate. Get that light going. No brown until the sun goes down, and <laughs> uh, you're good to go. But I mean, it's going to Ole be a Miss, big
0: night. Ole Miss, the only team this year that sold their entire allotment of tickets, and then ask for more. Now, obviously, they didn't get them, but uh, you know, o- o- Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss sold 7,500, I believe. So they'll, they'll, and there's a lot of Ole Miss alumni in Atlanta.
1: I, and I'm gonna challenge you, Georgia fans. Ole Miss, Ole Miss fans claim to never lose a party. Yeah. They claim that they never lose a party. <laughs> High so, of
2: 65, low of 45.
1: Yep. What, yep. What do I'm what you will with that information. information. Ole Miss fans <laughs> say they never lose a party. Georgia fans, as my, as our, as our good buddy Dean Leggy would say, compete. Okay. <laughs> Just get out there and compete. All right. That's it for this Georgia show. Uh, listen, <clears throat> Bark After Dark's Tuesday this week. We're having Brandon Boykin, former Georgia defensive back. We moved it around so that we could have him yeah. on because he's one of the best dudes in the world. He's going to be a lot of fun. Roose and I will have him on on Tuesday night, nine o'clock live on show this channel nine o'clock live on uh wednesday uh, sorry eight o'clock live on wednesday we'll have the georgia show pregame show on uh, on saturday morning um ahead of the 7 p.m kickoff with old miss we will catch you all later
2: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win